Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we have got a wonderful guest on that is so delightful and such a wonderful person. And we're going to talk with you today about embracing the new you if you had a loss, because Cheryl is a wonderful person that's going to give you some great ideas. You want to introduce her, Heidi? I'd love to. We've had Carol Brody Fleet on our show before, so please go to Open to Hope and find that show. Uh, she is a multi-award-winning author, a media contributor, and a six-time contributor to Chicken Soup for the Soul. Carol has made over 1,200 radio appearances and appeared on numerous television programs. She has written numerous books, and her latest is called Loss is a Four-Letter Word, Bereavement Bootcamp for the Widowed. And there is another book which is really phenomenal and it is, in, it is coming out in second edition this fall and it's called Widows Wear Stilettos. So welcome to the show, Carol. Thank you. It's so great to be back with you guys. It's so great to have you on and we met you when you were wearing those stilettos. And I still do. Stilettos, and she's still <laughs> got them going and second edition. How great and congratulations on that. Thank you so much. It's been super exciting. Well, for people who don't know you, let's uh, give them a little background. Your husband died of Lou Gehrig's disease. Correct. How old were you? I was 40. I was 40 when he passed away, 38 when he was diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. I I remember some of the things that I've heard you speak before about getting out of your sweatsuit. That's (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. You get out of your sweats, get into your clothes. And before the sweats, it was pajamas. But Carol, doesn't that in and of itself make you feel better just to put on the stilettos and put on the earrings and just doing those things? Of course it does. And it sounds, it sounds so, so frivolous on its face, yeah. you know, because in the book, I do talk about fashion and beauty and healthy diet and exercise. And it sounds so superficial when you compare it to the enormity of widowhood. But when we take care of ourselves on the outside and we and we eat right and we we just move a little bit, not necessarily jump up and down in front of a DVR, but just move a little bit, we feel better. And when we feel better, we start the most important journey we'll ever make. And that is grief recovery. So I absolutely think that that move from pajamas to really ugly sweats to getting dressed again is so important in the grand scheme of things. Now, didn't well, didn't one of your was it a daughter told you to get out of your sweats or yes, that very good she did. Um, it was it was right after Mike died, and Kendall, who was she was eleven years old at the time, she has grown with a family of her own now. But we, we, I just, without thinking, I just put on these awful sweats because Mike had been battling his illness for two years. And at that point, I didn't care about dressing up. I cared about surviving. So I wasn't even thinking. I threw my hair on top of my head, no makeup, threw on the sweats. And she says, you're not going out in that, are you? As <laughs> preteens will do. <laughs> and she takes me to the bedroom and she opens my closet and she pulls out, you know, an outfit that I would 
normally wear. And I got dressed and I actually put on makeup and I thought, I remember her. I remember the girl in the mirror. And that was really kind of the catalyst to get me to start caring about myself again, because to be honest, at that point, I really didn't. Despite all the, the, the death and the, uh, and the bereavement that follows and the, just the tumult and the noise and all of that stuff, you kind of lose yourself. And so the most important thing to remember at the outset is I'm still here. And that means that you are entitled to live. You know, we, we get so lost in the grief that sometimes we forget that there's still a life out there to be lived. And while it is a tragedy that you have suffered a monumental loss, whatever that loss is, we're, we're talking about spousal loss right now, but that's an example. Whatever loss you have suffered to cause you to go into a very dark space, you're still here. And just by nature of the fact that you're still here, that means you're entitled to every dream, every goal, every abundance that life has to offer you. You just have to get off your backside and go after it. Carol, I love that you're saying this because, you know, sometimes after a death and my father died six months ago and my brother died when I was only 20, but you know, we think we can think for a minute, at least I have the best part of my life is over, you know, Absolutely. Finished. And Absolutely. I don't know what the next chapter is going to look like, but I don't even know. I don't, I think the best part is, is behind me. And like you're saying, that's, that's not true. No, it, it, that's absolutely not true. Unless you decide it's true. See, that's the thing. We have the ability to choose. We can't control life and death tragically, but we can control our reaction to it. Now, this is not me saying don't breathe. You know that I absolutely preach and teach that grieving is a vital component to healing. And if you don't grieve, at some point that grief is that grief is going to come back to bite you. That's not even a promise, it's a guarantee. So you absolutely must grieve. But that's kind of like me saying that any other wonderful part of my life, well, that's behind me. So that's the best part of my life and it's over. And everything from here forward is going to be lousy. That's not true. The chapter that you led with the person or whatever it is that you've lost has come to a close, but that doesn't mean that the best part of your life is over. It means that part of your life has come to a close through whatever mechanism, and now there is a new chapter. What does that next chapter look like in the midst of grief? It's hard to tell. We don't know, but what we do know is that we have an incredible amount of control over what that next chapter is going to be. So let's take that control. Let's seize it. I think there's also judgment where people are like, you shouldn't be dating when it's only been six months. The people casting judgment, 95% of the time, not widowed. Yes. They have not yes. lived the experience. It's, it's very easy to judge. You know, I'm a fantastic judge of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm an incredible judge. I am, I'm the seven day a week quarterback. <laughs> have I ever played the game? No, yeah. <laughs> but I'm a marvelous critic. We can use that same, that simile here. Yeah. Most of the time, the people that are judging and not just with this, although this is one of the most common areas that widows get judged. I was, you know, it was two years before I resumed dating after Mike's death, which was the right timeline for me. And that's the important thing. We all have to do what's right in our own timeline. Not, not mine or Gloria's or anybody else's, 
yours. And I was so two years and I heard rumblings at my synagogue, no less, that I was dancing on Mike's grave. Wow. <laughs> How about that? Wow. At synagogue. And back then I was not quite as knowledgeable as I am now. And I was devastated. I was so hurt because in my eyes, I'd done everything right. right. I'd done everything appropriately. You know, all those words that we need to throw out when it comes to a healing journey. Mm -hmm. So what we have to remember is what's right for us is right for us. And as, not, as long as you're not coping destructively, which means using alcohol, drugs that are not supervised by a physician, um, any kind of destruct, destructive coping mechanisms, uh, compulsive shopping, compulsive gambling, um, irresponsible or reckless sexual behavior, and, and so forth. As long as you're not using those methods to cope, what you want to do, you do. And you do it knowing that this is the right thing for you right now. You know, I, I think one thing that impacts too is age. Now I'm older, I don't have kids at home. There are all sorts of considerations involved. Yes. It, it's complicated. and you know. Yes, and that's the other thing too, is everybody would love to lump widowhood into just one great big, you know, nice, neatly wrapped box and wrap it with a Tiffany bow. And this is what widowhood looks like. Widowhood is as individual as the people who are widowed. So that when I was widowed, uh, Kendall was a preteen. And I was still very much in the workplace. I was self-employed. So that was a whole entirely different dynamic than to someone like yourself, Gloria, who is, your kids are grown and gone, lives and families of their own and kitty cats. Hi, Heather. And <laughs> uh, you, these are completely different paradigms and you can't compare one to the other to the other. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's unrealistic and it's unfair. So Carol, I'm, I'm curious to know, you've got this book out, Loss is a Four-Letter Word, Bereavement Boot Camp for the Widowed. Yeah. What is Bereavement Boot Camp? Bereavement Boot Camp actually originated, I wrote it for the Huffington Post, mm -hmm. and it was so wildly successful that um, I had a, a publisher say, hey, you know what, can, can we turn this into a book? And I thought, you know, I think we can. It was just an extension of commentary, really. And what it was, was again, something that I'd been looking for when I was initially widowed was direction, was, you know, here's, here's the problem. Now here's an assignment, here's a challenge, here's something that you can try that might work for you, you know, work for me, give it a go. And if you're not ready for it yet, that's fine. And if you are, great. And so there were eight different uh, weeks of boot camp. Uh, accompanied by an assignment and then closing with an affirmation in each one. So that became part of the book. And then the rest of the book is filled with uh, affirmations that I've written through the years because, and that was really a reader suggestion. I like to post these affirmations on my Facebook page and somebody su had suggested years ago, these should all be in one book in one place. And I thought, well, that's a good idea. Let's throw those in too. So, and also boot camp is what it sounds. It's kind of tough talk mixed in with a lot of compassion and a little bit of humor. But I figured the widows have enough people around them going, oh, you poor thing. They don't need me doing that. 
They need me saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get up tomorrow with purpose. We're going to get up tomorrow with a goal. And we are going to move forward from this terrible event to a place of peace and a place of renewal. And here's how we're going to get there. So I didn't want it to be too boot campy. Yeah. So that's why the affirmations are in between to kind of, you know, soften it a little bit before I put my drill sergeant hat back on and say, okay, hit the ground. We got to get, we got work to do. And that's what I hope to accomplish with the book is giving a sense of direction and a sense of purpose and a sense of what next, not just, well, this is my life. Like you said, Heidi, this is my life. I guess this is it for me because too many widows buy into that and it breaks my heart. Yeah. Well, and very exciting to have your Women Wear Stilettos book coming out. Into, again. I know, I'm very, super very excited. excited about that. Well, I think we'll be, probably be seeing you around on TV and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right? yeah, I hope so. <laughs> now, tell people how they can find you. Well, if you or someone you know is widowed, please visit our website at widowswearstilettos.com. It's a great place for resources, affirmation, a monthly message, all kinds of news. It's a great place to start. Um, also, please join us at Carol Brody Fleet on Facebook and Instagram. And let me think. I think that's uh, those are the best and quickest ways to, to find us and get all the help you need. So great to see you again. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank today. you so much for having me. It's been wonderful being back with you. Thanks, Carol. I love your passion. And I love your how inspirational and motivational you are. It definitely inspires me to get up and live my best life. Thank thank you so much, Heidi. Thank you. And thank you both always for your support. You guys have been with me for so many years and been so supportive. And I can't thank you enough for that. And thanks everybody for joining us on the show today. And Heidi and I know Carol also want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.